This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Shaoik. Today we'll be discussing diabetes, which is so common in Malaysia that one in five Malaysians has this disease. Now, when someone is diagnosed with diabetes, diet becomes a big question mark. Is there such a thing as the right diabetes diet? Is it true that rice and desserts have to go out the window forever? So today I'm speaking to Po Kai Ling, clinical dietitian from University Malaya Medical Centre. Hopefully she can address some of the misconceptions about diet for people with diabetes and the principles and um, practices of eating right and how this could help them to prevent a range of problems uh, related to diabetes uh, complications such as blindness, amputation, even kidney and heart disease. So um, perhaps first we can establish what is the link between diet and developing diabetes. So we're talking about even before somebody uh, is at the stage where they've been diagnosed, but uh, we're talking about diet um, in, and its role in prevention almost. How can diet lead to development of diabetes, Kelly? Well, if you're mentioning about diabetes, it's actually a very complex uh, conditions where it involves a lot of uh, other factors, for example, like genetics, uh, lifestyle issues, and uh, many other issues. Okay, So diet can be one of the factors that contribute to diabetes, but diet alone is not an issue um, to cause diabetes. So, because we, we do have cases like uh, patients believe that if I'm taking a lot of sugars, I will have diabetes. Yeah, so, well, that is not a fact because, uh, it, like I mentioned before, diabetes is a combination of everything. So, if you have the genetic, if you have the family history, if you are physically uh, inactive, or if you are in a big size, okay, overweight or obese, so this will actually uh, giving you more risk of having diabetes instead of just by uh, having a, a high sugar diet alone. But of course, diet is also very important because it's involved our whole diet range, okay, which means um, your breakfast, your lunch and dinner. Okay, it's not by uh, focusing on only one certain meal. Why do we still tell people though that they shouldn't consume too much sugar, for instance? For Malaysian, we do understand Malaysians love sugars. So we drink sugary drinks every day. And then um, uh, sugar alone can cause high blood sugar. And in long term, it also contributes to overweight issues Okay, that will increase our diabetes uh, risk Okay, by increasing the insulin resistance in the body. So that will actually causing the blood sugar unable to be used uh, or utilized fully and it cause high sugar in the blood instead of uh, utilizing it as an energy. So when we have these issues, uh, when, we have, when we're having uh, too much sugar in the diet, it will contribute to all these issues, obesity and insulin resistance and eventually causing diabetes. Mm. So if you imagine it as um, like a chain of events, one thing will lead to another and as that accumulates, then it will eventually be part of that big complex factors you said that will increase your risk of diabetes, right? Yes. And now if we look at somebody who has been diagnosed with diabetes, um, and already they are at that point uh, of, of that chain, um, is diet still important? Is it still important for them to um, be looking at what they're eating um, in terms of their management of diabetes and prevention of the complications? 
Okay, diet is very important because uh, we are eating every day. So whatever that uh, we are eating, in, uh, we are getting into our body is very important. Okay, because uh, it will be utilized as energy or it can be contribute to the fats. So when we have too much fats, again, we will contribute to the issues of overweight and obesity. And again, it links to the diabetes risk. So diet is very important, okay, because it can help to control our weight issues. And even though for those who doesn't have any weight issues, it is very important to maintain a very good or healthy blood sugar profile in order to prevent that issues. Even if you are diagnosed with diabetes, it is apart from getting medications and also doing physical activities to improve your general health, it is also uh, crucial to adjust on your diet intake uh, in order to control the blood sugar level in a daily basis. Mm. So you must come across clients, right, who uh, have been prescribed with glucose-lowering medications or maybe even insulin. Um, and some of them, uh, I don't know, do you have clients who perhaps think that diet is not important and they can just rely on the medications alone? Uh, yes, definitely. We do have a lot of patients thinking that when the doctor diagnosed me with diabetes and given me the medications to control our blood sugar, we can actually eat freely and uh, uh, enjoying the food out there. So uh, if you are uh, having aunties and uncles with diabetes or even your parents with diabetes, you will notice this is actually a quite a common uh, mindset of them, okay? thinking that uh, as long as you have the medications, as long as you are seeing doctors, you will be on track on controlling your blood sugar. But in fact, this is actually not true, okay? because whatever that we take in, in a daily basis, okay, our diet, our nutrition intakes, that will also contribute to the fluctuations of blood sugar, okay, which will also eventually affect our blood sugar and diabetes control. So if you don't control your diet and the blood sugar goes out of control uh, despite medications, how will that lead to other more serious complications? We know that uncontrolled diabetes has a lot of complications, right? Perhaps you can explain a little bit about those. Yes, uh, when we have high blood sugars, okay, it uh, generally affects all our blood vessels. So it can be uh, affecting our eyes, okay? When people aging, okay, they always thought that, oh, my eyesight is actually getting worse, okay, because I'm, I'm getting older day by day. But actually, in fact, those, uh, those who are suffering from uh, high blood sugar, their blood vessels in the eyes will always get affected and actually contribute to uh, issues okay, with eyesight. So when we actually get older, yes, we might having an aging issues. Okay? But uh, if you are diabetes, please always go and check for the eye okay, to see whether is it affected by the blood sugar or is it simply because of the aging issues. Of course, uh, when we are talking about larger blood vessels, okay, it can also contribute to the heart issues, okay? the heart issues, heart attacks and all those. Okay? And uh, of course, kidney issues. Uh, these are the two major uh, complications happens when our blood sugar is not controlled well. Mm. Now, on the flip side, can I use dietary modifications alone um, to cure diabetes? Is there such a thing as being able to cure diabetes by controlling your diet? Uh, I wouldn't use a, a strong word as a cure, yeah. But uh, in fact, um, diet has been proven by many articles and also research saying that it can help to uh, control our blood sugars and eventually lower our risk to get all this complication in the long run. 
So it is very important for us to control our food intake, our diet intake, especially the carbohydrate intake, in order to prevent all these issues. Um, and of course, uh, uh, for us to maintain a better health. All right. I'm speaking today to Pokai Ling, clinical dietitian from University Malaya Medical Center, about diabetes and the diet. And what kind of changes um, do we need to make if we've been uh, diagnosed with diabetes in order to control the blood sugar in the body, as Kai Ling has explained. We'll go for a quick break now and come back to try to break down what are these dietary changes? Um, what does it mean in terms of the meals that we eat every day, the kinds of foods that we enjoy and uh, whether some of the miscons or some of the beliefs that people have when it comes to eating and diabetes are true, such as does it mean you can't eat rice anymore? So we'll come back and discuss that um, right here on Health and Living on BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, T. Xiaoik. Today I'm speaking to Po Kailing, clinical dietitian from University Malaya Medical Center. Kailing must uh, probably deal with a lot of um, clients with diabetes because diabetes is so common in Malaysia, the prevalence is so high. Uh, one in five uh, Malaysians are estimated to be living with diabetes. And when diabetes is not well controlled, it can lead uh, the, the high blood sugar levels in the body can lead to a lot of debilitating and disabling conditions like nerve damage, uh, which could even lead to amputation. It could lead to blindness. Uh, it could affect the large blood, blood vessels in the body, uh, leading to heart problems uh, like a heart attack, which, as we know, can be fatal in our population. Um, so diet uh, is something that we're discussing uh, as a way to control your blood sugar levels along with any medications or insulin that has been prescribed as well as weight control and physical activity. So specifically looking at diet, Kailing, what kind of dietary changes are needed when someone has been diagnosed with diabetes? Are there some main overarching principles to help people understand how they need to modify their diet? So the two major food groups that we need to uh, take care will be the carbohydrate and also sugar intakes. So we all understand that when we are taking a lot of sugars, it all contribute to our blood sugars and uh, increase our risk of getting uh, diabetes uh, complications and risks. And uh, while for carbohydrate, which is actually commonly found in our daily food, it is also playing a crucial role uh, in helping us to uh, uh, control the diabetes. Okay, Because the more carbohydrate food intake that we are taking in, the higher the blood sugar level will be. So for diet changes for diabetes patients, it is very important for them to control their carbohydrate intake, mm -hmm. not to uh, take too much of carbohydrate in, uh, uh, in one go. Okay? Uh, normally, we will advise them to control at three to four exchanges of carbohydrate. Um, what exactly do you mean by exchanges of carbohydrates? The common foods, uh, which is high in carbohydrates, includes our daily staple food, okay, um, like rice, noodles, bihun, kwetiau, laksa, bread, biscuits. So these are very common uh, carbohydrate food that we have been taking daily. So these foods are actually staple, especially uh, like rice, okay. Malaysian, we take rice every day. It's an 
uh, it's impossible for people to stop taking rice, okay, because they are diabetes. So, in fact, okay, this group of patients, they should actually control their portion size in order for them to enjoy whatever they would like, even though they are being diagnosed with diabetes. So, uh, portion control is very important. Okay, always think of moderation instead of taking large portions of food. Uh, we, we should always control it in a controlled amount. Normally for a simple uh, educations for our patients, we will actually teach the patients to get one feast size of our uh, rice portion in each of the meal. So which means you can enjoy three, uh, three meals with rice, but of course the, the portion should be controlled uh, within a feast size. Is that a feast size of cooked rice or uncooked brass? Uh, it's actually a cooked rice. So it's it's same goes with the noodles, bihun, kuetiao. So roughly we were estimating it with one fist, okay? Because uh, that will be the, the most easiest way for everyone to follow that because we do bring our fist every day with us, okay? So it will be easier for us to measure from there, to visualize from there. Mm-hmm. But what about um, other forms of carbohydrates? I mean, bread, roti canai, chapati, those kinds of things. How do you measure portion sizes with that? Uh, generally, we will be um, adjusting on one piece of chapati, tose, uh, or roti canai for per meal. Okay, Each per meal. And then for bread, we will be controlling at two to three pieces. Okay, yes. per meal again. Yes, so, per meal. Mm, so those are some very simple... Um, practical ways for people to control their carbohydrate intake. Yes. And it is also very crucial for us to distribute it well. Okay, for example, we should not combining our meals, getting a brunch instead of uh, getting a breakfast and lunch. Okay, this is commonly happened when we are enjoying our weekends. Maybe people tend to uh, delay their breakfast and just make it round, uh, uh, just take by taking in one brunch. So when we are doing so, we actually combine a lot of uh, carbohydrates and also food portion at one time. And this will actually increase our blood sugar at that point of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is very important not to combine your meals, distributing your carbohydrate well throughout the day, which means you should have actually uh, getting your breakfast, your lunch and di- dinner, regardless of the time. Okay, because I I do understand a lot of my patients that some of them they are actually working in shifts, okay, uh, work late at night and all those. So uh, the timing is not a big concern. Of course, yes, uh, some of them uh, they do think that timing is a, a big concern for them. But the most important thing is how they are actually distributing their food, okay, uh, adjusting on the food portions and also the the cooking methods. And last but not least, it is also very important for diabetes patients to include fiber in their intake because uh, fiber is very important to slow down the absorptions of blood sugar. So it can also give us satiety. By taking more fibers, we, we will uh, we'll be able to reduce the price portions uh, without making ourselves hungry. Mm. Yeah, so we'll have enough food portion at that point of time. What kind of uh, foods uh, would you recommend for fiber intake? Well, maybe we just uh, discuss about our normal daily intake. When we are taking white rice, okay, if you're controlling in a feast size, some people will be telling you that the portion is not enough for their daily daily use. Okay, uh, there there are people uh, doing heavy uh, loaded. Uh, uh, work. Okay, mm-hmm. they will prefer a bigger portion. So once we advice to reduce the rice portions, they will be complaining that it's not enough for them. So uh, 
at this point of time, it is very important for them to include vegetables and also fruits in their particular meal in order to fulfill their needs, okay, uh, to make sure they are full for that particular time. So it is uh, very important when we are taking rice, okay, you should always include vegetables together uh, and of course um, uh, your protein such as chicken, fish and all those. Um, not all carbs are created the same, right? Um, say the difference between white rice and brown or unpolished rice. Do you recommend for everyone on di- with diabetes to uh, perhaps not eat white rice and go to brown rice instead? Okay, this is also a very common issue uh, uh, or questions, burning questions from our patients. So white rice uh, and brown rice, the major difference of them is actually the fiber content. So fiber content is higher in brown rice. So if you are able to uh, apply the same theory, even for our white rice, for example, you take white rice with vegetables. So the effects actually will be equivalent to brown rice alone. Yeah, so um, a lot of, uh, we do understand that brown rice and all those actually their, their costs will be higher. So not all Malaysians are able to afford that. So normally um, I would suggest for those who uh, doesn't like taking brown rice or having issues in purchasing them, uh, you can always combine your vegetables uh, with your white rice, okay, in, in order to get the same effect. So again, uh, I need to emphasize on the importance of getting fiber in order to give you the satiety and also to slow down the sugar absorptions, uh, just like what the brown rice can do. Mm, that's very interesting. So all of this, I suppose, answers the question uh, whether you can eat, continue to eat rice and other carbs uh, if you have diabetes, right? Clearly you're saying it is a staple in our daily diet and um, you should be looking at controlling your portions instead of eliminating it completely. But is it dangerous if people choose to eliminate carbs from their diet if they have diabetes, Kailing? Yes, definitely. Uh, because we do understand carbohydrates actually uh, will be giving us energy okay, for our daily um, activities. So if we are actually stopping ourselves in, uh, in getting the carbohydrates, uh, it can actually cause various issues such as um, uh, there's a technical word called ketosis, okay, where our body actually um, are not burning energy from the sugar, but uh, they are actually burning using it from other source. So when this happens, it is very, very dangerous for certain patients who are using certain medications and also for um, pregnant mothers, okay? So uh, so that's why these two populations are, are not advisable to eliminating all their carbs intakes uh, in their daily uh, intakes, yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh, two major food groups that we need to pay attention to. We've talked about carbohydrates. Um, now, what about simple sugars in the rest of our diet? We are so fond of sweet foods and drinks. Um, is it true that when you have diabetes, you can never um, have sugar in your uh, coffee or have sweet tare or eat desserts anymore? How, how do we look at sugar intake in, in those uh, foods? Uh, simple sugar actually gives a very direct uh, response to our blood sugar. So once we take in the sugar, our, def- uh, our blood sugar will definitely go up. So uh, it is very important for the diabetes patients to control their sugar intake. I wouldn't say they are not allowed to take the sugar. 
Okay, as long as they are able to control their blood sugar, their blood sugar is under control, their HbA1c is actually uh, in a good control, they can actually allow themselves to get a, a, some, uh, some sugar when you need it. Okay, you can actually enjoy some part of the sugar when you need it. But how how do people know when they need it, right? Um, I could say I need that tetare every day. <laughs> um, can we say once a week? Is there some sort of a way to guide people? Uh, our general rules for our patients will be just cut down whatever portions that you are taking at the moment. So if you're telling me that you are getting four glasses of tetare in a day, then uh, perhaps you can consider reducing it into one daily. And then once you are getting into that stage, maybe you can try to consider taking it alternate days or maybe once or twice in a week. Now, so these are all the practical uh, tips that we can actually uh, provide to our patients in order to help them cope with diabetes and then um, uh, get things easier for them to follow. All right. It sounds very practical. Um, and it's not based on uh, using a formula or having to follow um, certain numbers, right? It's about what you do in your daily life and making adjustments from there. Is that right? Yes, because diet uh, adjustment is always lifestyle modifications. When we are actually coping with these issues, we need to taking considerations of a, a person's daily life, their, their daily practice, their food habits. Okay, If you are unable to cope with that, uh, both of our patients will not be coming back for us Okay, because it's like um, dietitians is starting controlling them. So whenever you see dietitians, okay, you must follow rules and regulations set by them. So while this is not the truth, okay, uh, basically our uh, our job is actually to help educating our patients so that they can actually take control of their life again. Yeah. So when we talk about um, portion control of carbohydrates, and there, there are also other um, nutrients that we need to have uh, in our um, meals every day. How do we then know um, how much of each food group should we eat in relation to each other? Um, okay, you've mentioned that um, for the rice or the equivalent carbohydrates, it should be a fist sized. Um, but let's say if we're if I'm eating economy rice, right? I think that's very common for a lot of people. How do I gauge how much I should take of vegetables, um, the meat or or fish or even eggs and things like that? Well, uh, Ministry of Health actually come up with it, with this uh, Malaysian healthy food plate. So. Uh, if you ever heard of it, uh, we call this suku suku separo. Yeah. So the suku, uh, the quarter quarter half. Okay. The quarter here means uh, uh, if you are having your uh, one foot plate on your own, so the quarter of the plate will be consist of your carbohydrate, and then another quarter will be consist of our protein intake, and uh, and again the half of it should be vegetables. Yeah. So these are the the most simplest uh, techniques or tools that we can actually use uh, in order to help people to understand it better yeah so if uh, regardless the size of your plate okay if you are able to portion it out okay with this three portion uh, quarter of carbohydrate to say uh, which includes our rice noodles bihun bread and then another quarter of protein uh, like chicken fish meat okay? uh, and another half will be vegetables so the same theory applies for economy rice. Okay, if you are getting your rice, it should be quarter of your rice, a quarter plate of the rice, and then maybe one piece of chicken, 
of fish or one fish and then half of your plate should be consisting of uh, vegetables. Yeah, when we are talking about vegetables, it's not the starchy vegetables that we are talking of, um, uh, such as potatoes, pumpkins. Yeah, because potatoes and pumpkins are usually being categorized as vegetables, okay, uh, in public's eyes. So uh, these two groups is actually belongs to um, carbohydrates. So if we are taking potatoes and also pumpkins, uh, the the blood sugar will get affected, uh, same as uh, while we are taking the rice. Mm-hmm. So what kind of vegetables do you recommend? We can actually take green leafy vegetables or, or vegetables with different colours, okay, uh, such as uh, uh, brinjal, uh, kangkong, sawi. Yeah, so these are the, the, the vegetables uh, that we can actually take, broccoli, cauliflower. Yeah. So avoiding all the tubers uh, or starchy vegetables, okay, such as uh, uh, all types of uh, potatoes, Sweet potatoes, pumpkins, yam. Yeah, so these are actually in the food group of carbohydrate, which contribute uh, the same uh, like what the rice actually do. Yeah. Mm. So those need to go into the quarter which uh, the carbohydrates um, occupy, right? Yes. Yeah. So this so, needs a significant rethinking of how we fill out our plate because I think right now most of us uh, put half of the plate with carbohydrates and a tiny little handful... Uh, pinch of vegetables. <laughs> yes. So the same thing applies for our bread as well. So we can also uh, apply the same rules okay, using this healthy food plate. Uh, the bread intake uh, can go up to three pieces at one time. But again, how to apply this uh, protein and also vegetables, we can actually make our bread into sandwiches. So instead of just taking bread and then uh, just uh, put up some kaya, peanut butter, which is actually high in sugar, you can actually modify it, make it into sandwiches, okay? Put in some tuna, chicken, and then vegetables, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, okay? That will actually make the, the whole diet more balanced and also uh, a control in carbohydrate portions. Yeah. What, what are some of the things that your patients tell you that they find most difficult to change or to do? I think especially after some time, right? Perhaps in the beginning, they may feel motivated. Uh, but um, do they start to find more difficulty after a year or two years and uh, perhaps lack motivation after that? Uh, well, yes, you are right. It is very common for our patients to have compliance issues. Uh, in a month or three months' time, they will be complying whatever uh, educations or, or advice given to you. Uh, but uh, after quite some time, uh, they will be start uh, feeling uh, disappointed for those who are unable to do so. And then uh, some of them, um, uh, they might be unable to follow uh, in the long run. So... Uh, for patients like this, it's very important for them to keep follow up with their doctors and also dietitians so that um, uh, the advice can be given um, according to the issues at that point of time. Yeah, so we were normally looking at what's the issues that the patient is having and then um, we'll try to amend from them. Could you give me any examples of uh, what some of these issues may be and how would you help them overcome those? Well, a lot of patients, after they see the dietitians, they will adjust their diet intake according to their understanding. So some of them, they might uh, understand the big picture, but when it goes to the food choices, okay, they thought that, oh, I can only take certain of this. I can only take this one. I can only take brown rice. I can only take uh, wholemeal bread. And then um, 
the cooking methods, okay, when we are talking about cooking methods, we always emphasize on the healthy cooking methods such as uh, stir frying, avoid deep fried, and then um, you can go for steaming, grill. So when they are keep on repeating the same menu and also the same cooking methods, they will actually get tired and get fed up with the diet, uh, especially when you do it in a daily basis. Yeah. So definitely after three to six months time, the, the patients will be coming back complaining to you, I can't do it anymore. I need something else. Yeah. So it is uh, important for them to come back to the health professionals, okay, because we can actually look at uh, what's their issues at that point of time and then provide advice accordingly. So apart from getting all these things, there are a lot of adjustments that can be done. So it won't be that restrictive as they think of. Um, on that note, you know, are there ways that they can actually modify some of their favourite um, foods or even recipes, right? So that it can be healthier for them. And uh, I understand that um, you've also come up, you've developed some recipes uh, for diabetes as well. So perhaps you can talk about what some of these recipes are and perhaps what principles people can use if they want to try out modifying their own recipes as well. I've been working together with Chef Nick Michael Imran um, to come up with a series of recipes uh, uh, ranging from fusions to local cuisines that can be uh, prepared in less than 20 minutes. You can check out our uh, recipe from yoursweetheart.my, www.yoursweetheart.my uh, for the ebook. We actually come up with that recipes to help people to understand what you can actually prepare for your daily intake. And then, uh, and the most important thing is to help people understand that even though you are the diabetic, you can still enjoy good food, tasty food, uh, while controlling your blood sugar. So what's different about these recipes? Uh, if you are checking on the recipes, okay, uh, we are not only using some uh, hi-fi food, okay, we are also using normal normal food like rice, white rice, brown rice. And then uh, it's the most important thing is um, we control on the carbohydrate portions. Instead of getting a big uh, portions of uh, carbohydrate, which will actually increase your blood sugar, we control the carbohydrate uh, uh, in a controlled amount so that you can still enjoy uh, good recipes, healthy recipes that will help you to maintain your blood sugar at the same time. Mm. So if people want to sort of modify some of their own favourite recipes, how would they go about it? If you are checking the recipe book uh, from the website, you can see uh, we are actually uh, preparing uh, a Thai food uh, by using brown rice. So we can actually uh, use uh, modifications like this in order to help us to uh, control our blood sugar and maintain a better, better health. And we will also advise on uh, combining white rice with brown rice, okay, in order to get a, a, a better taste and a better texture because not all people actually love to take brown rice because of the, the special texture. Hmm. Yeah. So very simple, uh, little things that you adjust here and there. Yes, because uh, it is important to maintain and also practice this in the daily life, uh, by doing the simple things, okay, uh, instead of uh, having complicated uh, cooking methods and preparing special food or expensive food for our daily intake, yeah. So practicality is the most important thing uh, in order for us to to be able to maintain a good health, okay, in a daily basis. 
how would you modify um, something like a very, very common and much-loved meal like nasi lemak, a portion of the coconut, the, the coconut rice with, you know, rendang ayam, uh, the, the peanuts and the fried ikan bilis. How could we modify something like that so that it's healthier for somebody with diabetes? Okay, first of all, uh, again, carbohydrate is the main thing. So uh, the we need to always control the rice portions, okay, uh, while preparing for the rice. Um, and then, yes, coconut milk is one of the uh, ingredients that we can actually manipulate in with. You can reduce the portions uh, so that you can get to enjoy um, the, the taste of the, the coconut milk. Um, uh, while for the ikan bilis, the anchovies, okay, there are techniques uh, we can actually fry it with our uh, air fryer. Okay? Or you can also bake it instead of uh, frying it. So there are a lot of modifications that we can actually do. And uh, again, we can also uh, do adjustment on the portion size okay? because normally the vegetables content in the uh, nasi lemak is actually very low because we can only have maybe one or two pieces of cucumber uh, in that plate. So by doing modifications, we can actually reduce on the rice portions and then add on with more fibers. Okay, you can put uh, different vegetables, or you can simply add on more cucumbers in the diet alone. Yeah, that would uh, actually help significantly. Um, I, I want to go back to a bit of a big picture again. Uh, in terms of these dietary modifications, is there a difference whether someone is diagnosed with pre-diabetes or diabetes? And in terms of um, delaying the progression to diabetes, um, how much would diet modifications help? Well, diet modification is actually uh, one of the treatment that we actually uh, give to those who are diagnosed with pre-diabetes. Yeah. For those who actually come to us okay, with a, a borderline uh, high sugar, so the first treatment that they will be getting is actually diet modification instead of getting medicine. Yeah. So uh, the doctors will normally uh, refer this group of patients to dietitians so that they can understand and modify their diet in order to see whether they are able to control it uh, by using diet alone. So, of course, um, if you are successful, um, you can uh, be free from diabetes, okay? But uh, since the risk is already there, so uh, these diet modifications can be a lifelong um, a process for that group of patients. Well, for those who are actually uh, unable to control their uh, blood sugar, even though they uh, they are actually uh, doing some adjustment on the diet intake. So this group of patients, uh, they will be prescribed with some medications, oral medications, in order to uh, prevent them getting worse. Mm. What are some success stories that you've seen, Kailing, um, of people who have really been empowered to uh, change their diet and they have seen how it can improve their diabetes control? Uh, well, I have one patient uh, who was diagnosed with diabetes while he actually admitted for dengue. Yeah, yeah. so he didn't know he actually got uh, diabetes in the first place. Okay, he was uh, he was being diagnosed after uh, uh, being admitted for the dengue. So what happened was uh, uh, definitely he he got a shock. Okay, because the blood sugar, the HbA1c was very high. And um, she can't believe actually he got diabetes because uh, he, he got it at 
the age of what, 40. So it's actually quite young for a, a, a person to get diabetes. Uh, but however, um, he slowly took it and then um, uh, he also learned about how to adjust on the diet intake modifications. And um, of course, at that point of time, due to the high HbA1c, he was started with uh, insulin. Yeah, so imagine you are admitted for a dengue mm. and then you would uh, straight away start with insulin because of high HbA1c. So it's actually a very shocking news for, the, for that patient. Mm. So what the patients did was uh, he take it in a, in a positive way. He tried to control everything. So after three months, he was actually able to reduce uh, his HbA1c and the blood sugar uh, is significantly reduced. So uh, I was understand. Uh, that after about six months' time, that patients are able to stop the insulin and only taking oral medication. So it's actually quite a good success for these uh, patients because uh, apart from taking in the medications, he also control his uh, uh, diet intake, he do exercise, uh, and he's also able to lose quite a, a, a lot of weight. Yeah, he, he was uh, uh, an obese person at the first place. Yeah, so, uh, so by doing all these uh, lifestyle modifications, he is actually uh, successfully in controlling the blood sugar and able to stop the insulin and just by taking oral medication. So this is actually a great success for patients like this. Mm. And I hope this is motivating for other patients as well. Exactly. I was just going to say that this shows that um, it can be done, uh, especially that idea of being able to um, reduce the insulin that's needed and perhaps even uh, get off insulin and, and uh, control it through oral medications. Do you have a final message for our listeners today, Kailing, about diabetes and the diet? Well, I guess it is very important for uh, for the public to understand uh, that uh, even though uh, diabetes, okay, as a diabetic person yourself, you don't have to sacrifice your diet intake. You you can still enjoy whatever uh, that you are you have been taking. But of course, uh, you should always control um, the portion size of the carbohydrates and also sugar intake. By doing so, you'll be able to reduce your body weight and thus it improves on the blood sugar. Well, for those who are not diabetic, you can also uh, practice this diabetes diet okay, in order to prevent the diabetes in the first place. So diabetic diet, it's nothing different from a normal diet. It's just that uh, you will notice that your rice portion is smaller than your other peers, your other friends, your other family members. But yet you are still able to sit together, eat together. Well, that's uh, uh, that's very crucial for the Malaysian's uh, lifestyle, okay? Because we tend to share our food, eat together. So it's very important to do so. So whenever you eat out, whenever you hang out with your friends, okay, you can still enjoy, as I said, uh, you might need to do a little bit of modifications. Instead of taking sweet drinks, you can go for plain uh, plain water. You can also uh, get a reduced sugar drink uh, or even uh, sugar-free drinks. Yeah. It will not affect on your social lives and then it won't affect anything on, on your daily uh, activities. So you can still lead like a, a normal person life as long as you are able to understand the concept of uh, controlling carbohydrates and then uh, doing adjustment on your cooking methods, uh, food choices, okay, uh, very good distributions of carbohydrates throughout the day. So uh, this is very important for us to uh, be able to enjoy our life. Yes. All right. 
Thank you so much, Kailing. I've been speaking to clinical dietitian Paul Kailing from University Malaya Medical Centre about the very crucial role that the diet plays in the development of diabetes as well as the control uh, of blood sugar and of diabetes through dietary modifications. You've been listening to Health and Living on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.